Beats folks, listeners, we've got another great Day in the Life series episode for you today. We're sit down with an incredible behavior technician named Haley, who shares just so much wisdom and perspective, which has allowed her to excel in her role as a behavior technician. Uh, just an incredible conversation that I know that you'll enjoy. Finally, one quick shout out for those of you who might be return listeners. You might have noticed we've got a new logo on the feed. And this is exciting for a couple of reasons. One, we are approaching our 50th episode, which I'm just so proud of and all the work that goes into this. Uh, But also, you know, I'm a big sports fan and I always love looking back at all of the throwback jerseys over the years and the different eras and the different people that are a part of each time period and a logo is is something that is meant to represent the essence of something right and um i'm just really proud to see this podcast continue to evolve week over week month over month and a couple things that i love about the new logo one it's new color scheme i'll say it's a honolulu blue kind of like my detroit lions but also just a really simple line that you'll see a podcast for behavior technicians and we're very intentional to add that for a couple reasons it might seem obvious but the thought behind it was maybe there'll be a future behavior technician who's brand new to the field who's searching who's on itunes who's on spotify and looking for something that's just for them that's there to guide them and to support them and encourage them And that clear shout out, that clear designation, uh, hopefully signifies that. Because if you're a behavior technician who's listening to this podcast, I hope you see yourself on that cover because that's who this show is for. And with that, enjoy another great conversation. Welcome to the BT Focus podcast dedicated to the behavior technician experience and the delivery of ABA services. Hello and welcome to a very special Day in the Life series episode of the BT Focus podcast. I'm Brian Kaminsky and I am joined by just an exceptional BT named Haley. Haley, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, no problem. It's it's kind of fun and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I have had the pleasure of uh, meeting a bit beforehand and hearing more about your story. And there were just so many great things that resonated with me. And we've just had so much fun um, just talking and getting to know one another. But uh, for our listeners, you know, can you just start from the beginning? Uh, tell us a little about what was it like starting your experience? What drew you into the field? Um. So... I had always had a passion for working with like kids and um, especially those who have special needs. Um, So, but I I didn't actually know what the job I wanted was called. I had known that I wanted to work one-on-one with people and their families, but I never knew it was called behavioral tech. So it took me a long time to find this job. And um, so I was browsing through job websites and I found it and I applied. And when I started, I I had this like, I I guess I had like this idealized version in my head, kind of like, you're going to meet this kid, you're going to instantly connect 
and you're going to like get through to them and everything is just going to be like, you know, sunshine and roses. And it was really kind of like, wait a minute, it's not entirely like that. And so it was kind of scary at first. Um, but then you start, you know, really getting to know the kid and you start getting to know the family and you start having those little breakthroughs and it's, it was incredible. Um, it, it's not an easy job, but it's definitely one of the most rewarding and I can't see myself doing anything else. Mm, that's exceptional. Yeah. I can relate to the point you made of, this was like that perfect job that I didn't know what it was called. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as you, you, we talked a bit before and like, you mind sharing a couple of like your experiences before being a behavior technician? You, there was one role that I was just I had just the utmost respect for that you've worked with professionally in the field of education. So could you mind sharing that with our listeners? I was a preschool teacher um, at a couple, uh, two different schools. And then um, actually before I was a preschool teacher at one of my schools, I actually worked for um, like a childcare career service where you basically are like a substitute and you bounce around from different schools to different schools kind of thing. And so um, I worked with quite a few kids and I also did like pet, uh, stores. I worked at pet stores. I've done, uh, retail. So like for a long time, I kind of did like everything except what I felt like I was called <laughs> to do. And, you know, I just have this nagging feeling in my, in my head and my heart of you're supposed to be doing something else. And so that's why I was really, um, excited when I, uh, applied. Cause I, I didn't think I was going to get it. I was like, there's, there's no way. You know, I, I've been out of the field a little too long. I've worked with children who have special needs before yet. I, I've never, um, I, I don't have that kind of experience. And so I was like, surely they're not going to give me a call back, but I'm going to try because I feel like this is what I meant to do. As soon as I read the behavioral tech job description, I was like, that's what it's called. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was looking in the wrong places. I never knew. And I got the call back and I just was like, oh my God, I can do this. Like, I'm going to yeah. do this. And it was just the best feeling in the world. That's awesome. <laughs> let, me just, let me just take a moment to share just some admiration to the fact that you were a preschool teacher for a number of years. Um, you know, I, I've got two two-year-olds at my house and I know oh, what, what emotional expenditure <laughs> goes into uh, to just being a really present father. And it takes a really dedicated people to work with our kids and every capacity. And, you know, as a behavior technician, as a BCPA, I've been really fortunate to be able to collaborate a lot with other teachers and special educators and support staff members. And I think um, having that behavior analytic approach is really important, but also having that degree of just empathy and just appreciation yeah. for the teachers who are, you know, working to support 10, 15, 20, 25 plus kids at a time is just really yeah. remarkable. And I think our science has so much um, potential to really support in those environments as well. So, well, that's awesome. So that kind of shares a little bit about what brought you here in terms of your past experiences and uh, what you were looking for in a job. But what is it about being a behavior technician that you're most passionate about? So... When I was little, um, I had to do like play therapies and stuff. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was um, like in elementary school. So I, I struggled a lot. Um, I had to have um, tutors and my parents were like, why is my child acting out? Why, what is all this going on? And I remember growing up feeling like a million miles behind all the other kids and thinking, 
what am what what's wrong with me? Like, what is going on? And then I had some amazing teachers and my parents step in and be like, there's nothing wrong with you. You just learn different. And that really stuck with me. And I remember thinking, okay, if I can help other kids who, you know, who are in, in a similar boat, um, then I will have done something good with myself in this world. And so um, I just wanted to be the, a, another person to, to help guide these kids towards their bright futures, because I genuinely believe that just because you have autism or just because you have like Down syndrome or ADHD or any other neurodivergency, it does not mean that you cannot achieve anything in this world. And you just need that extra guidance, that extra push. And if I can help even just one kid, then everything will be worth it. So that's why I want to do this, because I you know, I don't want another child to feel like they can't do something because they just learn different. Mm, that's like such a beautiful perspective, Haley. Thank you for sharing that. And you said so many things that just really touched me in that. One is just very clear, seeing you teach from a place of empathy, like really feeling personally in touch with our mission and, and truly walking step by step with our learners. Because you're exactly right. Um I, I can't attribute this quote. So many people in behavior analysis have said something similar, but it's something to the extent of um, this isn't, we're not talking about a, a failure to learn when we support our kids. It's, it's really more a failure to teach, right? So ABA is all about finding yeah. really effective, fun, engaging teaching strategies. Cause you're exactly right. The world is a more beautiful place with neurodiversity and the unique, the unique gifts of all of our learners it's the most beautiful thing. And I think you can relate to this when you come to see the things that make each of our children unique, right? Um, the world is a better place because of them yeah. and because of the family that we support. And that's one of the things I love most about ABA. It's not this cookie cutter. It's individualized based on the unique needs and preferences and desires and goals and wishes of our learners. And you just yeah. speak to that so beautifully. No one day is the same. That's what's so exciting is um, even though you're working with like the same kid or the same kids, if you have multiple clients, every day is like a new adventure. There's its new challenges. There's its new successes. There's sometimes like the kid will say or do something that you had no idea they could say or do. <laughs> like, it, it's just, it, those little surprises are just like, I think what you really got to focus on because this job can get stressful and it, it can be, it's not a job for people who want that instant gratification. But when you do, it's like, oh my God, it, it's working. It's, I'm getting through to someone. And as much as you get through to them, they get through to you. Mm. And it's just really, it's an incredible experience. And you were mentioning empathy earlier. You have to have empathy to do this. Like it, it, this is a, you have to be able to understand that, you know, behaviors happen, but it, it's, it's communication. Behavior is communication. It's, um, you have to be able to look at it and be like, okay, I, I understand, you know, and I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. And I agree that the quality of empathy is maybe one of the most core um, elements, I think, that makes a really successful behavior technician, because we're always trying to put ourselves in the vantage point of our learner, right? See the world through their eyes, yeah. see the world through their environment. What are the things in their environment, myself included, that 
can be used to better support their needs. So it's always other centered. And I think that's where I find the most joy. I can be pretty miserable if I'm just focusing on me all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but really it's through service is that I've found that I get the most joy out of my life. And the fact that we can do this in a professional setting in a way that you know, you see firsthand the impact that has on the lives of our family. Yeah. We all want to do meaningful work. We all want to do a job that we know is making a difference in someone's life. And I think we're super privileged and can see this in a very profound way as a behavior technician. But to your earlier point, you're right. Progress is not always linear. <clears throat> so my next question, I got to go in. So we talked about the importance of empathy. What other characteristics would you say um, are important to be successful as a behavior technician? Like what are some other qualities or characteristics that you would say make up a really great behavior technician? I think definitely professionalism, I think, because for example, me coming from when I taught preschool, we didn't necessarily have like the dual relationship thing. So that was kind of a bit of a transition, like, okay. And so being as incredibly professional because you're their kid's teacher, but you're also kind of like their therapist. Um, but just that level of professionalism, you have to be able to, I guess, talk to um, them and understand like where they're coming from. Because yeah, as the behavioral tech, you might, I guess, have the training, but you can't like step on toes. You can't be like, well, what you're doing is this, but you should try this. You can't do that. You have to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, let me hear your take on it. And then um, patience, you definitely have to be patient. Um, that was something I struggled with when I was a kid is like, I was never patient. It's something that I think it's a skill you have to kind of grow into. And I really do believe patience is a skill. Yes. I don't, I don't agree that it's, a, I, you know, as people say, patience is a virtue. It's a skill that you have to learn and obtain through a lot of experience. And um, if you don't have patience, especially for people, um, it's, this is not going to be something that you can handle because you have to understand that, you know, you're working with people who might not be able to communicate with you. They might not be able to express their emotions in a way that we are used to. And so you have to be able to take a step back kind of and be like, okay, I see that you're having this behavior. I can't get frustrated with it. I can't try to force you to stop. I have to take a step back and be patient and be like, okay, what can I do to help you? Because when you're working with this job, it's not about you. You have to put that aside and focus on your client. You have to be patient with them. You have to be empathetic with them. It's not about you. It's about them. So you have to make yourself available to them. And it takes an incredible amount of patience to do that. But it's, it's really worth it because at the end of the day, this person, this little person in front of you needs that patience. They need you to take a deep breath and, you know, sit with them if you have to, if they can't accomplish something at the moment, don't push them, just let them have a moment to breathe and realize that you're going to get that data. The data is important, but that is not everything in that moment. What matters is that kid and getting them through that behavior, getting them through that stumbling block. And then you focus on that because at the end of the day, what's important to me anyway is, is my client. Yeah, man, Haley, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. Just to touch on a few things briefly. 
yeah, you're right. Professionalism is a really key skill and it, it's a skill. It's a skill that you, that you learn. Right. And you're, yes. you're, you know, working with a variety of people from parents to educators, to other members of the treatment team, a hundred percent. Yes. Um, the, the way that we can provide really effective services is by maintaining those really appropriate boundaries, but also working as a team and, and every member of the team is, is just as valuable and important. So ditto on that second piece, um, the point that you said about being a, a good listener, um, that's huge. I, I, I would say that there are times talking to a parent, it's very easy as like a behavior technician or a BCBA. I think by virtue, we're somewhat of a problem solvers, right? Like let's hear what's going on. All right, let's put an intervention in place and let's, let's, you know, fix this issue. Let's solve this problem that you're having. Um, sometimes I found that parents just want to be listened to, <laughs> right? Uh, just just the importance of pausing and, and listening and reaffirming them and this incredibly important task that they've been given to be a parent. Um, I know that as a parent, it's hard. <laughs> Every day it brings with it its own unique set of joys and challenges. And so having somebody there to walk with you, I think is incredibly valuable. And then the last piece you said on patience, um, you are 100% correct. I, I, I too that believe that patience is a skill. Patience is a behavior. It can be learned. Um, I like to say that patience is like a muscle. You have to work it out, right? And not every day is going to be perfect. And every day I have to wake up and decide, you know, with my own children, um, I'm going to be patient today. And um, I think giving yourself, you know, that grace in the moment to like begin again when there's days that I know that I as a parent fall short. Um, and yeah, really practicing that on a daily basis. And you will grow in patience. And um, I think it's a beautiful thing that we can model for our families, model for other technicians, because on the other side of that challenge is always going to be something beautiful and rewarding and um, being able to wait through it is so impactful and it's pretty profound. So um, tremendous. I, I couldn't agree more with you. So, um, all right. So if we were to transition a little bit, Haley, um, I love asking this question, Haley, describe for me what to you is like a great day. What does a great day look like for you? So a great day for me would be, obviously no behaviors where they you, you sit down with them for like the lessons or whenever you're playing and they want to talk to you they want to engage with you and um I don't know why it's a big deal for me whenever my clients like would call me by name um because like I remember the first time one of my kiddos ever said Haley I was just I almost cried and I mm. had to be like you can't do that like because <laughs> you might freak them out and I, just, I was so excited I I, I was like oh you and then I was like, okay, just, just calm down. It's, it's okay. But like, um, I, like those moments, I, I love having those, those moments and any day where something like that happens is huge. Um, whenever they have a breakthrough, like that, that joy, that, that big smile, any day that my client is smiling and having a good time and engaged in what we're doing because they want to be not because I asked them to sit down and, you know, spell a word because they genuinely want to sit down and do it. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, we're getting, we got this kid. Like, let's do this. Those are my best kind of days. Mm, yeah, completely. Yeah. You can't, can't put a price on those breakthrough moments where it's like, 
how am I the most lucky person that I get to see this child's yeah. first words, like literally, you know, or, um, you know, develop friendships and engage with peers and just hear with astonishment hearing from a mom or a dad, like, I didn't, I didn't know if we would ever see that or man, yeah. I, I never thought we would see the day when fill in the blank. It's really, it's, it's so powerful. That's what, um, always, always has me coming back for more because, um, as much as we give our clients, I, I think we get even more in return, um, which is so awesome. Um, yeah, you get so much more back from them. Yeah, completely. So that's what a good day looks like. Here's, a, I think, another really important question and something that I've had to become, you know, more and more deliberate up about in my own practice. And it's about like, how do you recharge, Haley? We we work in a very, um, I would say, emotionally and physically and mentally demanding job at times, right? You're right. We get so much in return, but how do you keep your tank full, so to speak? What have been some effective ways that you found that you can really recharge and reset so that you can be your best self going into every session? So after my sessions, I like to cook. I'll come home and I'll cook. <laughs> um, awesome. I it's, it's kind of like a way to reset my brain, focus on something else for a little bit. Um, reading, if you find good books. Um, but if you are religious, um, I've been use I've been reading little snippets from my Bible every now and then just kind of, um, I guess, give you that boost um, of confidence and like, to kind of remind you, you're doing good. You know, this is something that I've called you to do is how I kind of uh, go about it. Um, another thing before I get out of my car to work, I've kind of created like a little weird mantra for myself. Like, um, mm. I say like, it's a new day. It's going to be a good day. Like anything that happened previously will have no bearing on what happens today because it's a new day. And I think that's important to, to remember is you could have like picture like the worst possible day with your client, you know, tantrums, elopement, running around screaming, you know, picture that. And then we've all been there. And then whenever you, the next day go in with a clean slate because just because that happened previously the the, the, the past day it does not mean that's going to happen today and if you go in with that attitude kids can sniff it out of you they they know they can sense when something's off so if you come in with that oh, okay yesterday was not good so today must is going to be you can't do that because that kid can that's not fair to that kid because they can sense that attitude and if you have that well, guess what? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You might get those behaviors again. Mm. You got to come in with the attitude of, okay, new day, let's do this. And if it happens again, okay, move on and focus on the good things because there's way more good things than there are the negatives. And if you focus too much on those negatives, you're just going to get burnt out. You've got to focus on those positives. You're right. Oh man, the power of thought is huge. And yeah. yeah, so some of those self-care things you described really resonated with me. You know, I know for some people, maybe that's exercise, maybe it's a faith or religious practice, maybe it's mindfulness or meditation. Um, I, I agree with you on cooking. That's something I'm trying to yeah. get more into. I'm really good at the eating part. I got to do <laughs> much better part on the cooking end. Uh, and if my spouse is listening, she's like, yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, uh, no, but I, I agree with you. Um, taking the time to recharge, whether that be in community. Um, I got the chance to golf with my dad and my brother, um, which I haven't done in ages, um, a couple a couple of days ago. And it's like those those things, I think oftentimes we in these giving professions can almost 
feel selfish for taking time for ourselves. And especially, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I, oftentimes I will kind of evaluate myself of like, how productive was I today? And sometimes those self-care things can sometimes be incorrectly viewed as like a detriment to productivity. And, you know, there's, there's more stuff on the list you got to get to, but at the end of the day, the only way that you can get to those really essential things is that if you're investing in yourself um, and make that a priority, it's not something that should be pushed to the margins of your days, but actually like having a plan in place, like, how am I going to spend time with my spouse this week? Like, how are we going to make room in our yeah. very chaotic schedules to have that, that time to recenter ourselves? And finally, I just love what you said about having a personal mantra. I, I remember very similarly having something to that extent as a behavior technician where quite literally before I would walk in the door, I would recenter myself and be I'm 100% focused. It's not about me. When I walk in the door, it's not about me. It is a new day. And I'll even say that to BTs on my team. And we might be going through a difficult period. We might be having some transition and challenging behavior. And I'll tell them, like, we've seen this before. It's going to be okay. And remember, every day is different, right? Yesterday mm -hmm. is not necessarily a predictor of today or tomorrow. We can only behave in the moment, so to speak, right? Yeah. So um, having that long-term perspective and reaffirming yourself with every day, that's one of the things I love most about this job. Every day is a new day, right? Yeah. Um, and you never know when that next milestone is going to be turned or next next thing is going to be reached. So um, that's a beautiful perspective, Haley. Thanks for sharing that. Well, I got one more topic that I wanted to get your thoughts on. So when we met previously and we're just sharing some stories and experiences, you, you were sharing some really fun ways and creative ways that you work into your teaching, into your sessions. And I told you like, oh my gosh, the timing of this is perfect. We just published a podcast or we're going to be publishing a podcast on natural environment training, NET, yeah. right? Um, and I'm like, let's I'm go back to that topic when we meet because you're like an expert at this. So Haley, would you, would you illuminate us? Would you give us a pleasure of sharing some of those creative ways that you look to teach in that natural environment using that client's motivation? So... Um, I, I'm a huge believer of NET. I, I, I think kids learn better in play because that you're a kid, everything you do, you want to do is play. So, um, for example, one of the things I do with one of my, with my client currently, we're learning about recognizing emotions. So he really loves to play with his little cooking set. And I was like, okay, how can I sneak in my lessons? And, um, so I, I had like, you know, fake grilled cheese stuff and I put it on the little fake stove and I was like, oh no, I burnt my grilled cheese and I pretended to cry. And I was like, how do I feel? You know, and I was making like, you know, I was like making like red in the face, like kind of angry faces, you know, and I sit there, I was like, I got steam coming out of my ears. And he goes mad. And I was like, that's <laughs> right. I'm mad. I burnt my grilled cheese, you know, sneaking, like if you can act out, like if you're learning emotions, act it out. Don't be afraid yeah. to be silly and weird because at the end of, that's a kid they they like silly they like weird um and also the, the funny looks they give you of what are you doing it's really fun <laughs> and um find out what they're interested in and use that um uh you can make cool stuff i i go on pinterest sometimes and i'll find some fun ideas or i'll go on to google images and like i'll print things and bring that in and um 
if you're playing with something and you're working on spelling, for example, be like, oh, look, I've got a spoon, S-P-O-O-N, and just like, just do insert things into it. If you're asked the target questions, if one of the questions is, you know, a what is question, be like, what is this? Look what I got, you know? Um, again, don't be afraid to be silly because you're playing. Natural environment is play and you got to be a little bit weird to put, put yourself yeah. into the mind of a kid basically, <laughs> and just have fun. Yeah, we're giving you full permission to be silly, weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If your client, and here's the key, like if your client is responding to it and they are are, are, are are enjoying that interaction and that you find them laughing and engaging right back, that to me is a sign that you're, you're being impactful because um, you're right. Like we learn so much through play and I think it's more fun for us as behavior technicians as well, right? We, we equally want to be having a really fun and engaging session. And I love the word that you used, Haley. You said, I like to sneak in some teaching opportunities. And like, yeah. that's like a sign of a really rock star behavior technician where we're very stealth, like very deliberate. And we know, okay, I, we're working on these skills. Uh, I want to teach them in this way. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, great. Well, Haley, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you this morning. And uh, I just want to final question for you is like what parting words of encouragement or advice would you give to a new behavior technician just entering the field? Hang in there. If this is something that you are very passionate about and you've got that drive and that motivation, hang in there because I like we've been talking about, it is worth it. Um, you're going to have those days, of course, where you just want to pull your hair out and you're like, what I, you, I have to be crazy. Why am I doing this? But trust your gut, trust your heart. If you are called to do this, it's for a reason. You got this. Um, it, every day is different. Every day is new and exciting. And it's not an instant gratification thing. Again, if that's what you're looking for, this is a job where you won't see results for a while, but the, when you do see them, it is the most magical experience in the world. And you're setting this kid up for a very bright future. And that's what the end goal is. You're focusing on that end goal. Mm. And like I said, just hang in there. You can do it. You, you've got yeah. this. You've got a great support system here at Centria. You've got this. I love that, Haley. That's amazing parting words. Start with the end in mind. And what is the end goal? that our clients are living the most rich and mm -hmm. independent lives as possible where they can, you know, just live their own lives to the fullest. And we get to be a part of that and we get to see that each day. So, um, Haley, it's been a pleasure to speak with you this been morning. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've so enjoyed this. Um, just keep up the remarkable work that you're doing that is, is truly changing lives. And, uh, I look forward to talking again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the BT Focus podcast as we learn more about the stories and the science behind applied behavior analysis. 